Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sharpest College Football Podcast brought to you by Lean Tossup. Uh, my, uh, it's, my name is Robert Martin, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Buck Metrics. Here we are. We're, uh, we are here at Rivalry Week, Thanksgiving weekend uh, for Americans and just a weekend for anybody else who's not American, but an important weekend for college football and, and for huge rivalries. How are you, how are you doing tonight? Uh, good. I'll just get right into it since this is a question that relates to the most pressing game of the week. Um, apparently they, they got the guy, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? With the, wait, with the, they got the guy that murdered, apparently Jim Harbaugh was murdered and they've been having like these, these funerals for him. And I guess in the last, since we last had our pod, they found the guy that actually murdered him and fired him. He was an assistant coach named uh, Partridge. That yeah. That's my interpretation. So, um, yeah. Yeah couple of things. Does everybody who works at Michigan State have a weird name? Like Stallions, Partridge? Like, are they all animal names? That's, that's very weird. But secondly, like, isn't it kind of weird to fire the assistant coach that was cooperating with the investigation? That seems like not the right thing to do. Uh, I don't think he was cooperating. He was. He basically was, was found um, instructing people to destroy evidence, so... Oh, okay. Then, yeah. yeah. Okay, then that was the... I thought he was, I thought he was, le- or, okay, he was, yeah, so that's, so again, so now they've stopped that guy from committing more crimes, so that's, uh, that's a positive. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, this is gonna, like, it's so funny that, like, the Michigan fans were so mad about this, and yeah. now it's just like, yeah, okay, we were, uh, maybe we were mistaken, um, but, like, they're not, I mean, they're, like, this is gonna be so bad, like, Yep. Years of wins are going to be vacated over this. Like, yeah, it's. I I I don't. I'm not going to know to pretend how the NCAA will meet out justice here, but just I can just tell you in a big picture. Um, the the more times and the more uh, dramatically that you change your narrative and explanation is a function of just how screwed you are. And it's just gone from, you know, we it didn't happen to, okay, well, it didn't happen this way, then it didn't happen that way. And then it became, well, everybody does it. And now it's radio silence from Ward Manuel, who had no short no shortage of, of words, um, you know, a couple weeks ago. And boy, he has no comment now. Um, that that kind of says it all. Yeah. I mean, the thing of it is, it's very possible that, like, again, and we'll talk about Michigan later, but, like, say they lose this weekend. If you're J.G. McCarthy, why do you play the bowl game? Right? Like, and, and I think if you're maintaining the integrity of Michigan potentially winning a college football playoff, okay. But if you're maintaining the integrity of, I have no idea what bowl they'd even be going to because – where they go to bowls now makes no sense. But if you're maintaining like, oh, Michigan winning a New York Six Bowl, that's a lot lower priority because they could just be replaced with, I guess, Iowa. So, like, suddenly if you're going to punish them, suddenly it's like, yeah, actually, by the way, we're going to suspend Harbaugh for the postseason too. Like, stuff like that could happen. So that's mm-hmm. that's important to note. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, also worth noting, I'm just kind of curious um, how you feel. Um what kind of value add do you think Ward Manuel is is offering the College Football Playoff Committee? You might remember a couple weeks ago, I mentioned yeah. that he's actually on the committee. Uh, I just, I'd imagine his input is just awesome, based on how he's handled this whole thing. I mean, like, I, this is again another reason why you shouldn't have people whose like schools you're discussing on this committee. That's just one for one. Um, I, what are you even doing? Like, it wasn't that bad. Like, I talked to these guys, and it wasn't that bad. Like, like that's actually worse, because then you're like, explain what you did. And you're like, I like I don't know. I talked to Harbaugh. He has a nice family. I, like, I, I, what are you supposed to do? Like, it's, it's such a weird, I don't know, just a yeah. weird position to, to be in. And, and, and how do you even deal with that? But, yeah. You know. Agree. Okay. Let's get into it uh, in terms of who won the week. To me, there's only one winner, and that is Conference USA. Um, 100%. You know, you have New Mexico State as a 20 – well, it got up to 25, I guess, 25 and a half. 25, 26, some places, yeah. Yeah, point dog. You know, I felt a little uh, – I wouldn't say stupid, but just kind of like, oh, 
not not the best bet then if I only got plus 21. Well, actually, they they could have given 20 and a half and covered at Auburn. Um, got my got my T-shirt to commemorate yeah. the over over cash. Um, so what? I was delighted with that. What could if you were like New Mexico State minus 20 and a half against Auburn? Like oh what? Odd, would they just been like, okay, you own the sports book now? Is that yeah. what it? It's just like at that point, yeah. <laughs> I think that's just, kind you of own it. the sports book. Like mm-hmm. this is insane. Like they almost covered the reverse spread of a twenty some odd points. Like, and the best part is to it, and I I I had forgotten that it was about this too. It's it's a buy game, so they paid New Mexico State to come to them and beat them by yeah. twenty one points. One point five like, million dollars. Um, yeah. Yeah. Money well spent. Um, and then on the other side of that too, um, and you know, I I say this as somebody who's a huge fan of JMU quarterback. Um, Jordan McLeod, you know, GMU losing on the day they get all of that um, attention, which we'll get to a little bit more later. Um, it really just kind of puts more of a focus on, hey, guess what? Liberty is undefeated. Uh, it's kind of unavoidable at this point. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it was fun, funny. Stuart Mandel was saying, or, and I was somebody else was saying, um, well, now watch. They're, everybody's going to say, well, actually, uh, Liberty's uh, kind of good, and Conference USA isn't that bad. It's like, well, you know what? Guess what? That's the truth, and that's been the truth basically since basically we, we you know, we were about four or five weeks in, and we saw, yeah, this conference is pretty freaking good. It's better than the American, that's for sure. Since we've done our rankings, we have never not had Liberty in the top ten. Yeah. Like, just period. End of sentence. That's just a statement that we could say. And again, this like again, it's not necessarily a one-to-one transitive property, but I think Liberty did beat New Mexico State when they played earlier this year, and it's like, yeah, Liberty, like if if you and again, this isn't even the the only example of it. Uh, Florida International covered the spread against Arkansas. Okay, yes, they're, but to be fair, one they're one of the worst uh, CUSA teams. They're definitely not going to a bowl, and they covered a game. They covered the spread. I mean, they only lost by I think twenty-one against. An SEC team, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Plus, also, a couple weeks ago, Jacksonville State, which was an FCS team a year ago, covered the spread and actually had a chance to beat South Carolina, another SEC team. So I guess, like, the SEC's, like, arch rival is the Big Ten it's Conference USA. Yeah. Uh, like, this this shows, like, again, we've been high on this conference, and, and I, I, I kind of thought, like, I mean, after, like, the thing is, I was willing to take a shot on on Jacksonville State. I'm like, yeah, whatever, take a shot. And if it's wrong, whatever. But that was that was pretty correct. Like, actually, that game was pretty competitive. And then, then I was much more willing to take a, a, a bigger bet on New Mexico State. And then that was good, too. But, like, man, like, this is... Conference USA is good, and the bottom really... It shows that the bottom is really kind of falling on the SEC here. Like, like it's... The SEC is nowhere near as strong as it used to be. And, mm-hmm. and and that's the thing, and it's 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 funny because the the the, the uh, SEC used to be uh, basically people used to kind of mock them. It's like oh, you just like you always book these like F- FCS teams the week before Thanksgiving is a bye week, and like yeah, guess what? Alabama won. <laughs> Alabama scheduled an FCS team and they won. They didn't have any problems, and uh, uh, I think Texas A and M's. Uh, schedule that, like Tarleton State or something. They won that game. They understood. The, they understood the uh, the requirements. Auburn apparently did. They they didn't understand the assignment. They didn't. They didn't know how to do the assignment. So like, this is the thing. It's like, it's it's and Auburn's going to a bowl too. Like this is this is nuts. I this is I think this is string like single handedly my biggest single game win ever with betting. Like and again. <laughs> It's like, and it's my single biggest win, but it's not even the most I've ever bet on a football game. Like, I mean, that to be fair, that's the power of betting something like a twenty-five point dog. But yeah. this is the thing. It's like, yeah, like ten dollars wins you one hundred fifty dollars. So like, and and again, as I mentioned before, um, with with bet three six five, if you go up seventeen points, you have an automatic cash out. So there was a moment in the fourth quarter when New Mexico State was going up seventeen. They they had, they had scored. They were up sixteen. It was a $300 point after 10. Now, of course, it's not exactly that way because they were still up 16 if they had missed. But, like, yeah, they went up 17. I'm like, cool. I just uh, got $350 some odd dollars in my bank account. So from a $20 bet, $20. That was it. Like, wow. crazy. It was, yeah. No, that was – that was. Uh, I couldn't even dream of it going that well. But um, very proud as a um, 
I'm going to call myself a, a new conference USA OG because this is, yeah. it's, it's so much better without that dead weight that got shipped off to the American. It's a much better yeah. conference. It's so much more fun. And it has like a distinct personality. It actually does. I, I love Conference USA. Honestly, the, the CUSA games through the week were better than the Mac games. Mac, was, they were horrible. Like, some of those games were horrible. Yeah. And the thing is, the, the other icing on the cake that's really funny, too, is that uh, FanDuel has a look-ahead line for the Conference USA championship game, which is between New Mexico State and Liberty. And you would say, oh, well, New Mexico State just absolutely obliterated Auburn. They've got to be. They're 11-point dogs to Liberty. <coughs> So, like, transitively, Auburn is currently only uh, – Auburn is a 14-point dog to Alabama. What's Liberty versus Alabama on a neutral field? Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's an interesting thought exercise. Um, it's interesting. It, yeah, I don't know. Okay. That's uh, that's who I yeah. had. And you're, you're doing a 180 on somebody here, it looks like. Yeah, this is uh, Washington uh, State's head coach, uh, Jake Dickard, seen here. Uh, doing the touchdown signal, which they did a lot on uh, Friday yeah. night against Colorado. Wow. I mean, the thing is, this is a big win for them because this keeps them in, in line for bowl eligibility. Uh, it stops the horrible skid. They were on a horrible, horrible skid. Um, so this, this fixes that. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, what a, like absolute destruction of Colorado. And I think we're going to talk about the the Colorado end of it, so we'll just talk about the Washington State end of it currently. Um, yeah, absolute dominance, all phases of the game. I didn't see it, but I heard the radio broadcast because I was driving. But uh, so I was listening on the I was listening on the on the radio because uh, I think Colorado had just scored. They scored that was with Shadur Sanders still in the game. They scored a touchdown, and then it was a kick return touchdown. Basically, they kicked off, and then Washington returned it. And on the radio, they said, "quote." I don't think they touched him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they even touched the, the returner. Now, I didn't see it, but I'm assuming that's true because that guy was there. So, But, like, yeah, just an absolute dominance on all three phases of the game. And, again, like, we had been high on Washington State for a bit. They collapsed. Now they seem to be coming back a little bit. Let's see if they, they play Washington State. They could cause a lot of chaos with a win this week. And, and it is a rivalry game. This is their potentially, I mean, it's not their last shot at Washington, but it's it's a shot at Washington that they could have, right? So yeah, watch out for them this week. I think yeah, this is Saturday, Sunday, Saturday night, I think. It's, yeah, I think it's Saturday evening. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Who lost the week? Um, yeah, you know. Awesome ESPN game day. You go to GMU and you talk about how oh they're getting screwed and oh they're you know the G five is underappreciated and blah 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 blah. And they 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 show their bona fides by doing what by putting the game on ESPN plus. Um, I, I just it it you know I don't know. Maybe they're trying to go hipster and just um you know. Mm, just go against uh, the mothership that feeds them. I, do, I don't watch College Game Day. If they did call this out, then good on them. But you know, it just it's 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 just too silly just to have this whole thing about hey JMU show them some love, show them some love. Oh my god, it's so unfair. Then you hide their their game on ESPN Plus. You know, you failed on aren't this one like, College uh, Game Day. Yeah, aren't there like a billion ESPNs? Um, yeah, but I guess, you know, I should have checked, like, who had ESPNU. There was some, the, not all the morning games were great, I'll put it that way. There was, yeah. you know, I, it, it wasn't like, um, you know, I was juggling five games in the in the morning slot, I can tell you that for sure. Yeah, there was not a lot uh, there, but and the thing is, they, they did give them some love. Um, there was a Pat Mac, I, again, I don't watch uh, game day, and I, but there was a clip on Twitter, I think it was on Friday, I'm not sure what Pat Mac, he was doing some sort of like, some sort of weird rant, chant thing with the JMU fans, I think it was on Friday, I don't know. He got them all riled up, and like, and it's like scary, because it's like, oh, I agree with Pat McAfee on this, this is concerning, but it's like, no, 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 I'm I'm right about this, He's Pat McAfee just also agrees with me this time, but no, it's like, I, like, the thing is, and it, on one hand, it is kind of sad, because 
they had this undefeated season and they were they were doing really well. And people were like, oh man, if they're undefeated, they should have a chance at New Year's Six Bowl. But then they lose and people are like, oh well, it doesn't matter. They're going to they're not going to a bowl now because they're they've had one loss. And it's like that's the wrong way to that. I feel like some people are going to say that it feels less important now that they don't have that waiver and that that's not true. But and and again, it is. Uh, it's so weird. Like what like what is ESPN's take on this? Like don't they? Do they control the Bulls? Like, can they not go to the NCAA and be like, approve them? Like, I don't understand. Like, yeah. can't, like, ESPN's like, idiots, this is dumb. Because, like, so do, do you know why they, I think, do you know why? I read a line, like, why they don't let the, the them come in for two years for the Bulls. Do you know why? Well, it, it's, it's, it's the most nonsensical um, justification. It's, quote, to keep everybody from moving up. Okay, well, if everybody's moving up, then by definition, they're going to stink and this isn't even something to consider. Yeah. It kind of sorts itself out. You make a good point, though, and I didn't think about this. It's a really good point about um, – do you remember back to that um, stupid tattoo gate, which looks so quaint now, um, Ohio State? When yeah. They had, <clears throat> and I think that actually wound up costing Tressel his job because he, he told people to lie about it when that eventually came out. Um, but at some point – you know, that broke before the bowl game and they, they let all the players involved play in the bowl game. And then they just sit out suspensions, the ones that were still on the team the following year. Although I know like Terrell Pryor, Pryor um, went to the NFL the, the following year. Classic. Um, and and I, I'm sure that was ESPN saying, look, we're paying a lot of money for this, you know, make it happen. Um, but the same guys that did that can't do that on behalf of James Madison. They can just pretend to care and go to um, – Go to JMU and, and get their little, you know, their little hipster nod of approval and literally, and then yeah. meanwhile, they don't do anything to actually, you know, to your point, use their power to actually affect the situation positively. Yeah. So <clears throat> apparently, apparently the reason is they don't let them compete in bowl games because they want to make sure that the schools transitioning to, to, to F, FBS are financially stable enough that they don't require the revenue from bowls. Which is like, that's dumb because yeah. if they're like, if they're undefeated or they're eligible for a bowl, then because like you're like, oh, apparently you, I guess you need to do a lot of paperwork and say we have enough money to be in FBS or something, and you have to like project your revenue. So like, like you can't use the revenue from the bowl to justify getting up to F. But like, that's clearly not the issue here. It's just it's just it's a dumb and a punitive. Thing to stop, like it's just like it's to disincentivize you from going up to FCS. Is is what it yeah. is. It's to keep people down at FCS. And the fact that this is still here, and again, it's just another problem with the NCAA. And again, why it will eventually fail. But for now, we have we're left with these stupid rules of like, oh, you can't do this for two years or something. But anyway, it it's it's really dumb. And yeah, I mean, ESPN could I'm fairly sure just say we own you to NCAA and like make them play, but apparently they can't do that. So yeah, I'll, I'll just close out by briefly taking the other side of this and say, I, I very much appreciate the NCAA pr protecting me next year from Kennesaw State getting a bowl game. I was really concerned about that otherwise, but thank God some adult in the room is keeping that from happening. Oh my gosh. It could have been anarchy. Like, no Kennesaw State. You can't factor in potential bowl no. revenue into your revenue to justify going to the FBS level. Got to protect. Absolutely that. not. No way. No. Okay. All right. You've got a good yeah. one here. What happened? <laughs> I mean, yeah. So th this is the funny thing. So I was, I, I, I come back Saturday night and like, I'm looking at the scoreboard and I, I, I've got the San Jose state bet, which, which that one didn't cash. Um, but then, uh, I, I actually then live bet it. So I got a, a cash on that. And then I was looking at this, and I was like, Mexico, like, it was like, I think it was 18 to 15 at that point, or 18 to, I don't even know what the number, it was like, it was like, randomly really close, and it was like, it was in the third, and New Mexico was only down a couple points, and they were getting like eight and a half, and I'm like, wow, this is a huge upset, like, how was this even close? And that's my model, and I found out I had New Mexico State, I had New Mexico favor, and I was like, What? I had them fake, and then I realized, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, they were like 20-some-odd point dogs, that's why I didn't play this, and then I immediately jumped on it, and they won, and I'm like, what is happening? I'm like, what is happening right now? And, like, I, then I decided to watch this game, and I'm just like, how is this happening? How is Mexico beating Fresno State? I have no idea, and I'm like, I, 
I won, so I'm like, I'm not questioning this, but I'm just like, what? And it's, th- this was a Fresno State team that I think they, they, what, barely, yeah, they barely lost to a Purdue team in week one. They dominated other teams in the, in the, uh, in, in the, in the um, Mountain West in other weeks. And now they're like, okay, yeah, we're going to lose to a four and seven New Mexico team. Like, what is this season? What is the Mountain West? Some of the most nonsensical and like games. And I mean, to complement this, it's also to be said that I mean, Boise State fired their coach, as we had mm-hmm. been calling for for weeks. And yet, somehow, if they win this week, which they're six and a half point favorites, if they win this week, they will be going to the conference championship game. I and <laughs> and it, actually, as a second, as a side note on that, I was like, oh, Boise State. Yeah, there's some scenarios where they win it, and I saw Boise State was six and a half point favorites against Air Force, and I was like, oh, I, Air Force's quarterback must be hurt. And I was like, wait a second. Let me think about what I just thought in my mind there. And like, that's, that is not true. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, man, Air Force should be favored. And then it was like Boise's favorite. I'm like, oh, their quarterback must be hurt. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> they don't use their – so, yeah, I, I don't understand that line either. We'll get into that later. But, yeah, yeah. what is the – like, this is the weirdest result. I have no idea how, how, how this happened. But it did, and it happened live. So yeah, just out, out of nowhere, it's like yeah. literally just just suddenly Jeff Tedford just took the, he took Fresno season to the Air Force uh, uh, graveyard there in Tucson, yeah. Arizona, the, and just said, "Hey, yeah. that that looks like a nice spot. Let's just go park there for a while." Yeah, um, <clears throat> that was yeah interesting. All right, um, do you recognize this play? Did you see this? No. Who, what is this? This is this is um, Louisville scoring. <laughs> oh yeah, scoring the right. winning touchdown against Miami. Um, these two unfortunate gentlemen ran into each other on a crossing screen. It just uh, you know a crossing play that is you know done a hundred times a day um, in a college football Saturday, and yet I don't know if they were confused on the coverage or responsibility, but they they went into each other hard. They they both walked off the field, which is nice. Um, but literally, this is the way that I cashed my under on Miami under seven and a half wins for the season. Um, just unbelievable. It it you know it was a back and forth game, but just man, as 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 much as it looked like Mario had it had it together, and honestly, I think I um, I signaled the market top by saying he's not doing it anymore. Since then, it's just been a clown show. I mean, he made up for lost time. For the four weeks that he kind of kept it intact, he's just, like, tripled up here and said, watch this, guys. Um, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, there was the the debacle with Georgia Tech where if they had taken it knee, they would have won the game, but they decided not to. Um, then they somehow beat Clemson with, I think, a backup quarterback. Then they benched their starting quarterback. I It's been a roller coaster. Um, yeah, and... And it's so weird that, like, it, it goes to say that this Louisville team is definitely overvalued because it's, like, or, or, or I don't know, like, overhyped. It's, like, they shouldn't be this good because they were, like, a point favorite or basically even against this Miami team. And, like, Miami actually did take them down to the wire in this game, and they were very competitive in this game. But, like, like Louisville was just a better team, and, I mean, these two unfortunately blocked themselves so they couldn't block this but it's just like wow like i like it, it's so weird like miami's definitely had a better year than last year uh they didn't lose to <laughs> at uh they didn't lose to a conference USA team this year unlike auburn yeah n- no it's yeah <clears throat> it's just not a not a great not a great year for them it, it like they could have been a lot better this year and now they're going to be going to some sort of mediocre bowl so yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Do I have another one here? Yeah. This one, I I have to do a victory lap here because um, man, just look at this list now. This is again what Brett McMurphy tweeted out as like the possible possible candidates to replace Mel Tucker. I mean, it just you know, and I I I I I crapped on this list pretty soon as if after it came out, and you know, we both are fans of Elko, so that's that's fine. Um, but my gosh, I mean, just, you know, I think I actually characterize it as, you know, the reason that they stink as a, as a football program is because they make up lists like this. I mean, uh, come on. 
I mean, Dan Enos, Matt House hasn't even started his uh, his uh, act of torching, you know, setting fire to the LSU defense yet. That, that's just hilarious. Charles Huff is is now, um, you know, coming off a straight straight off a loss um, to South Alabama. I think it's twenty to zero. And Pat Narduzzi. Yep. I mean, the jokes just write themselves. What what can you say? What are um, they, three and seven or three I, and eight? Four, three and yeah. Um, I I mean, it's I just stopped even good. watching. But, no, I mean, I just come on. Um, so I have to do a victory lap about just immediately when this came out, just goofing on this list and saying, come on, yeah, you know, it's, it's start over so at a higher level then. Who do they even pick now? Like, obviously, I mean, there's an, they might not go Elko because of what happened now with the, cause, um, uh, Riley got injured, right? So they've Duke's had a rough year, but I'd, I'd hope they, they factor that into it, but maybe not, right? I'm I I can't ascribe logic to the people that come up with a list like this. You're just you're just thinking these yeah. are clear thinking people. I mean, I just you know I, I would say yeah, you know, just just typical athletic department X. That's probably the case. But you've got exceptionally you know dopey people that are making these decisions. Clearly, if if this is their list, so be like, who knows? Oh, Pat Narduzzi, Pat Narduzzi, the cabinet was bare. Be like he made that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, so. Just really good job, Michigan State. Well done. Yeah. Um. And you, I, yeah. Okay. What we missed. You know, in, in part two, we'll we'll get into just how bad he is. But you know, the Greek rifle has just, uh, as as our buddy Isaiah said, is the, the the Greek BB gun. Um. I just missed how much the departure of Kirk Chiraka uh, from Minnesota was going to affect him. He. I mean. I still believe he he would be really good with Sharaka. I mean, I made the case he had good numbers against some really, really, really good pass defenses last season. And man, he is. There's no way to put it other than he stinks this year. Um, you know, the thing is, Sharaka. I'm 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 a hundred percent sold on that. Um, you know, I had an overbet on Minnesota, which so you know this is kind of two birds with one stone in terms of what I missed. I missed the effect on on the one loss total as well. Um, you know, just just a complete whiff on my part. Yeah, it's yeah, like Minnesota has been an insanely disappointing, insane disappointment this year, and it's 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 crazy how like like we had high expectations for them, and it's just been not even close, and it's their their <clears> offense <throat> has been horrible, their defense has been good, but their offense has just been like again it, it's. I don't understand. Like, we have to stop doing this. We have to stop like hyping Big Ten West offenses. We're like, oh, Nebraska <laughs> could be good this year. Nope. Mi- Minnesota should be nope. And I mean, okay, we weren't high on Iowa's offense, but we still were. No matter what level we were on, Iowa. Like, I think maybe before the season, we were like, ah, maybe fifty-fifty. They breached the twenty-five and a half point. Like fifty-fifty. Like I think we probably put like minus one ten each way. Them getting over twenty-five. Like not even close. Not close. Like exactly. So, <laughs> So it's like we're no matter how high we are, we should always just t- shave off a couple points on on Big Ten West offenses here. I do want to point out that is coming the week after um, Iowa played a game with a um, a closing total of I believe twenty eight and a half. Um, so that's a really really big sentence in that context. It's not like you know we're looking at even average numbers. It's, no, there, yeah. There's horrible numbers. It's like no, it's 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 even worse, folks. Um, believe me. <laughs> okay. Narduzzi Awards. Um, I'm just going to go kind of back to the shtick at the top. Um, hey, it looks like they caught the guy who murdered Penn State's offense, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe not. That was just... I don't know. As, as somebody who had the under in that game against Rutgers, that was that was a, a sneakily enjoyable watch. Um, yeah. This is, this is definitely something that probably could have been shelved in, in favor of GMU, although I think this one was on a Fox affiliate, if I remember correctly. Or maybe it's on the Big Ten, so maybe there was no... Uh, yeah, I um, think this game, that's right. I didn't see this game because it was on the Big Ten Network. And, and fun fact, apparently Canadians aren't allowed to watch Big Ten Network games, I, I guess. I don't know. We can't, there's physically no way for me to watch the Big Ten Network in Canada, so. Consider yourself lucky. I'll just say that. I that mean, is, no, unless that you have the under. It's not, necessarily, it's not necessarily a negative, to be fair, but yeah. Yeah. For some reason, like, we can get, like, CBS Sports. We, can, we can't get FS1. But, like, it's just weird. Like, it's like, yeah, no, Big Ten Network, no. I think we can actually get the SEC network, though. So I don't understand why we can't get the Big Ten. It's weird. I don't know. But, yeah, 
So the thing well, is, it's like I, I had the under on this game as well, and I think it was what three nothing after the first quarter. So I'm like, this is great. Um, but then at the same time, it's just like, okay, like come on, Penn State. Like I mean, I I, I just had the under, nothing else. But like, come on, like why can they not score? <laughs> this is Rutgers. Like, come on, you could easily cover the under and put up some touchdowns here. Like, that was a relatively close game for the first half, and I think then Penn State kind of put it away in, in the second half, and they scored, they scored a touchdown, putting the game away. But this is the thing, right? Like, th- this should not be that hard of a struggle. This should be, like, they've got to hire someone to be their offensive coordinator who actually knows offense and knows what they're doing. Like, they're currently not well, able to do that. I will say... They did have Kirk Shiraka, um, but that didn't work out. I think the problem's a little higher, and, and Franklin just needs to just get out of those offensive meetings, I think, is the big part, and just let the offense be offense. Yeah. Go back to before 2016 when uh, Joe Moorhead was at Penn State. Um, actually, until literally after that Ohio State blocked kick game where they beat Ohio State, um, that offense stunk too. And Joe Moorhead just finally had a, a come-to-Jesus moment and said, look, you got to let me be an offensive coordinator. This offense stinks. Let me actually call plays. Um, and that's really the only time they've had an offense that's that's been fun was when Joe Moorhead was real Joe Moorhead. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And the, and the second one here is, hey, uh, I guess they caught the guy who murdered the Colorado offensive line, right? Um, did they catch him? My gosh. Um, it's kind of like what uh, you said that, that you know, the, the national writers were saying about Iowa about <laughs> – Hey, this isn't funny anymore. I think we get into that. We're like, this isn't funny. Like, like people are getting hurt with how bad their line is. Yeah. No, I mean this. So here's the thing, and it's like, I had Colorado in this game, and then I, I was able to, to get put some stuff like I just bet Colorado, like uh, Washington State spreads in the second half to, to claw some of that back. But like, man, this was brutal, and like, it shouldn't have been. I mean, obviously, Shadur Sanders getting mauled repeatedly. Like, it wasn't even like he got sacked once. And, like, it's like, no, he got sacked, I think, three times in the first quarter. And then they're like, yeah, then he got, like, hurt, and then they had to pull him. And it's like, this is – I mean, the thing is, we were we were pretty hype on Colorado to some extent. We, I think, to be fair, we were we were kind of high on them at the beginning. Like, I think some people were really high on them. We were a little high on them. And then, like, everybody got insanely high on them. And then that's when we said, after Colorado State, we are like, okay, this team isn't that good. And then they immediately got destroyed. And then I think we were kind of like, yeah, okay, maybe they're okay. But, like, I think this kind of shows the limitations of what you can do in the transfer portal. It's like, okay, yeah, cool. You can get a really cool quarterback and and some offensive players and and all that. That's great. But there's limitations to this. There's You can only do so much. And, okay, great. You've got a really good – you've got Shador Sanders. That's great. The other guys are horrible. Whoever the backups are are, are god awful. The one, and I, I, I can't even believe I, you see this clip online and look it up. It's hilarious. The one backup quarterback throws a pass. It gets batted back to him. He catches his own pass. And then again, once first of all, that's it. He, like you can't throw two forward passes. Yet somehow he decides. He <laughs> I did not see again. this. Oh my god. He throws it into, and then he, he basically gets the ball back. And then instead of saying, "Okay, play's dead. I cannot." commit two forward passes in the same game, gets the ball back, and then proceeds to throw it into triple coverage for an interception. <laughs> and it's like, oh my what? god. I, I'm like... How did I not see this? Oh my yeah, gosh. Go look it up on ESPN. It's so funny. You just like, you see him throw the ball, it come back to him, he gets it, and then you, the way that camera angle is panning, you see him literally throw it in the direction of three quarterbacks. It's insane. But oh this God. is the thing. It's like, okay, great. You've got one good quarterback. Okay, what happens if he gets injured? Well, now we have no one. Okay, you have a couple of offensive linemen. What happens if they go down? Well, it just gets worse. Okay, you've got uh, Travis Hunter, who's a great cornerback. What if he gets injured? No, we're done now. And he's also our only wide receiver. And then apparently Dylan Edwards is, I don't know, dead or something because he's not their lead running back anymore. I don't understand what's happening there. So this is the thing, and I think – I, and I'm. We'll, we'll talk about this more, obviously, maybe around bowls and in the off season. But I think, in some ways, the transfer portal is is fundamentally changing college football now because we're starting to we're starting to see now conversations about like um, like for example with Texas. Now this is kind of a weird 
kind of place to bring this up, but now Queen Ingrid is announced he's coming back next year. Okay, that's fine. That was kind of relatively expected. He was kind of forecast to be a second round, like a day two NFL quarterback. So he's like, come back again, that's fine. But now what about Archie Manning? Because he was insanely highly recruited. He was actually only a couple points lower down the high school board than Quinn Ewers to start the season. That Now, obviously that was insane. Those people are nuts. But the fact remains that he signed on to come to Texas for probably more money than either of us will ever earn in our lifetime for to come to Texas to start next year, right? He's not. Now, currently, Quinn Ewers is starting. Right? And okay, that's now okay, that's the highest profile one, but if there was someone who was gonna be starting next year, that would you would think that would be the guy. Well then what about Texas's backup quarterback, Malik Murphy, who played a couple games when Urus was hurt, actually wasn't horrible, but like now if you're another school if you're another school that needs a quarterback, do you take a shot at Malik Murphy? Do you try to get him in the transfer portal? And now what about these other ones? Are we now entering an era now? This is kind of more a quarterback-specific problem than in other positions because, again, multiple running backs can play a game, obviously multiple offensive linemen, multiple wide receivers. But are we now entering an era where it's kind of more like the NFL where it's like you have to start an established quarterback and you can't start a um, you can't start a fresh, like a brand-new quarterback from high school? And if that's the case, then aren't, are, you not, are you now going to start seeing these elite quarterbacks going to second-tier second schools to play a year and then go up to the big – like? This is an interesting question. I was just kind of thinking about this this week with that, and it, it's I, I don't know the answer to that yet. So yeah, it's to... interesting. Um, when Ewers first got hurt, um, <clears throat> I remember I can't remember who it was, but somebody made an interesting point. They actually said, "Hey, Malik Murphy, actually, he understands you know his future at Texas, and he's he's actually going to make the most of this to kind of get prominence and be able to land at a at a, at a much better spot in the portal next year." Which is interesting, and that kind of lines up with you know what you're saying now. The Arch Manning thing is is interesting. Like, part of me wants to say, well, he should just complete the round trip and go to Ohio State, although they're kind of set at quarterback right now. Mm-hmm. But like that's that's the thing now. Like Kyle McCord, okay, he's starting a quarterback this year. He got the job, but when he had to fight against, I think who their backup was last year, like uh, Devin um, Brown. Yeah, like, there's very few freshmen in the Power Five that are starting. There's very few that are starting this year that weren't there last year, at least in a backup role. And I think, is this now the new future where, like, because here's the thing, if we're now in an era where you have to be competitive every year, and the thing is, before, coaches were allowed to have a down year, right? You could have a down year that says, oh, you know what, we lost so-and-so to the NFL, we lost this guy, we lost this guy, we needed to start our new guys. You don't, need, you don't have to have that anymore because your athletic director is going to say, well, you could have gotten some guy from the portal. You could have gotten so-and-so. You could have gotten so-and-so, right? Are we now in an era where you have to be competitive every year, and if you're not competitive, then you're done? And if that's the case, then people are just going to go grab some quarterback from the transfer portal. They're not going to develop their own. No, it's, it's yeah. I think that's in line with you've got a lot of coaches that basically shouldn't be coaches. They're just – you know, they're coordinators plus, and mm-hmm. they're, there's just a, a dearth of real good head coaches, and I think that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with it, too. Um, there's just – the fluidity is great for the, you know, for the players, and I'm happy for them. They can make more money and be where they want to be, but, you're, you know, the coaches are going to be stretched even more thin in, in terms of – specifically, to, to your point, the quarterback position, it's unique. Um, it'll be interesting to see who comes out the winner in that, you know, in that position yeah. long-term. Well, um, as many problems as, as my, my team's had this season, I think that we will never lack for a quarterback because, number one, we're in Southern California where you can just walk down any street and there's a backup quarterback that could play for a Pac-12 team. And yeah. then our, our head coach has, what, four Heismans um, that he's coached. So yeah, the one, th- one yeah, thing like, we can rely on at least. Well, that's the thing, right? But <clears throat> it, and, and there's obviously that. But like if you're, if you're Archie Banning, if you're now yeah. not looking at starting next year – why would you have gone to Texas in the first place? Would it not made a more sen- not made more sense to say, okay, I'm going to go to Liberty, or I'm going to go to Middle Tennessee State? I mean, it's a bit extreme, but like I'm going to pick some other random school, start there for a year, and then I'm going to get my free transfer and then go to Texas, right? Uh, you know what? Like, yeah, good. Go like that, like that makes a lot of sense. Like that might be where we start heading in the next few years. I, I see what you're doing here, and it took me a while to catch on. This is just your way to convince me to say, yeah, he should go to Florida. Okay, you got me. <laughs> it took you a few minutes, but you got me. No, I mean, that, that, I mean, a 
little bit, but the thing is, like, it, it is <laughs> right? Like, there is, yeah, there is, no, like, it's, yeah. This might be something we start talking about in the next couple of years where, like, your your five-star quarterback say, I'm going to go to, like, a, a G5 school or somewhere I can start immediately and then transfer to the big schools. Actually, um, you know, it would be interesting, depending on Jackson Dart, uh, he might just, if, if I'm him, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world just to go wherever Lane Kiffin is, whether that is Ole Miss or if he lands at um, A&M or some other program. That that might not be the worst uh, mm-hmm. the worst decision for him. <clears throat> All right. Um, yeah, this is something. Yeah, I, I love this. So I saw the uh, this this is so insane. I, I saw this the box the, the box score uh, like the the score line. It said uh, Arkansas State seventy seven, Texas State thirty one. I'm like, what happened? This must have been a complete and total defensive collapse, and, and they must have done nothing on offense. And I look at this box score, and I'm like, what? Like, they put up almost 400 yards passing and then another 170 on the ground. And I'm like, okay, well, what did the other team do? And the other team had, like, 196 yards passing and then 300 on the ground. I'm like, you outgained them and then lost by 46? And then it's even stranger because you go into it and you're like, okay, two interceptions returned for touchdowns. Okay, that's not great, but okay. And then I think there was a fumble recovery return for a touchdown. Okay, also not great. But that's only 21 of the 46 points they lost where are the other points? <clears throat> where where did this come from? Where are the other points coming from? I don't understand. This doesn't add up. Yeah, um, that's that's a good point. I guess when you say that, um, what did the other team do? My first my first answer just reflexively would be anything that they wanted. Um, if they scored seventy seven, um, basically, like somehow yeah. Arkansas State is going to a bowl, and I like early in the season I was like, if there was relegation, this team would be an FCS team. But apparently they're going to a bull now, so. Well, they did change quarterbacks, um, and that, that changed their season. It's that Jalen Rayner, I think is his uh, name. Yeah. That mm-hmm. kid, because that other guy stunk. I mean, that other guy. That's I, I don't know if I put that in. That's that's what I missed. Um, but, you know, he 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 pretty much has turned. The, the, the good news, or the bad news is the good news. The good news is the bad news. He turned their season around, but now they're stuck with Butch Jones um, as their head coach. <laughs> That's, so, that's the thing, right? So, my gosh, twenty-eight points in the in the third quarter. Um, yeah, Jalen Rayner, fourteen to seventeen for hundred and ninety-six yards. Um, man, that's that's over eleven per per toss. I'm, the one thing I'm I'm just trying to see while I'm talking here is there had to be just horrible punting or punt coverage by Texas State here. Has to be with with just I mean if they're having so many points on so few yards. Um, let me see, punting. Four for 41. Yeah, there were some, oh, geez, here you go. Um, no, that's punting. Here's, yeah, kick returns. Oh, there's a kick return for a touchdown as well. Oh, okay. Um, that's, that's 20 what a crazy game, man. Defensive special, yeah, just. This game wow. had to take like five hours to play, I'm thinking. Um, Probably, They could yeah. have had like, yeah, okay. That's a good one by you. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, this is, I guess, a new segment. Um, this is things that really annoy me this week. So, I mean, again, to be fair, again, obviously I should state that I am an Oregon fan, so you can theoretically say this is pro-Oregon bias. But this is also really annoying and, and dumb. So I saw on, on, on the media, and, and to be fair, this is now translated into Heisman betting odds because Jaden Daniels is the, new, is the favorite for the Heisman now. And people were like, wow, six passing touchdowns. He should be the favorite for the Heisman. And now, remember, he did this against Georgia State. And, I'm, and then he became basically under all this hype, and I'm like, oh, Bo Nix must, must not have had a good night. What did he do? He also passed for six touchdowns and passed for 404 yards. Uh, and and actually the less passing. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Now, to be, yeah, to be fair, Jaden Daniels did run for 90-some-odd yards and two touchdowns. But to be fair, again, this is Georgia State. Oregon did that against a Power 5 team. That's actually a pretty good Power 5 team. Um, then beat, they beat them, I think, 49-13. to 13. That was actually Arizona State's uh, second... Like, that was actually their second worst game of the season. So it's not like this is a team that got repeatedly blown out. Um, their first one came against... Obviously, Arizona lost 55-3 against uh, Utah. And Oregon was actually playing against one of Arizona State's better backup quarterbacks. So... Uh, that, like, it, it wasn't even one of their bad backups. So that's, don't worry, I'm not going to 
worry. We're not, don't worry. We're yeah. going to say very nice things about Arizona State next year, so we could say that now. Yeah. Um, but no, like, I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand why, like, and I, I said a couple weeks ago, I'm like, okay, so like, because when Bo Nix and, and Michael Penix were even in the Heisen betting odds, I was like, oh, okay. So we've clearly just decided that whoever wins the Pac-12 championship game wins the Heisman for some dumb reason, even though that's not how this works. But now apparently we've decided to give it to, to Jaden Daniels, is they're not even going to win their division. They're not going to the pack to the, to the champ like to the championship game. They lost to, to Alabama. They lost to FSU. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. But okay, I'm just, I, yeah. I, I will not to take the other side of this because I agree with you that it's absolutely stupid to say. Well, based on what we did against Georgia State, that's dumb. Um, but Daniels is having so my my um, Apex database goes back eleven years. He's having the third best season of any quarterback ever um, in, mm-hmm. in the database. Um, and he is running for a, a boatload of yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, he does have three losses, so it's, it's it's a little tough. But, yeah, to do it basically on, what do they call it, like a sleeper Saturday or whatever, like, you know, take the week off Saturday for SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's dumb. That's just clearly just, – it just, it's laziness. Yeah. You know, it's just it – it's, it's typical. These people that just take whatever narrative they're fed and just go with it. Yeah, they're like – that, yeah, they're like, that's a cool narrative. Here's another one that's cool, too. It's literally the same people, too. And then, so, last week, Washington was one, one and a half. I think in some books, they were two-point dogs. Again, that doesn't that doesn't change this point at all. Uh, but basically, people had been like, and, and even before last week, they were like, why is Washington ranked behind Florida State? They should be ahead of Florida State. Again, completely ignoring the fact that Florida State actually beat LSU. Um, but anyways, they're like, Washington should be ranked ahead of Florida State. And then they beat Oregon by two. So again, yeah, technically they they covered they, they covered the spread and won the game outright. But to be fair, they were do- underdogs in this game, and they won. And now it was a short underdog, so basically they could have happened. This is I this is within a field goal functionally within basically definitely within the realm of expectations of the of the betting markets. So they're like, okay, clearly now we should rank Washington. They they weren't people said they weren't going to win. They won. It's time to rank Washington number four. They've earned it. And then. Now, they played Oregon State, and guess who plays Oregon State this weekend? Oh, that's right, Oregon. And look at how Oregon is favored against Oregon State. They're favored by 13.5 points against Oregon State. So, remember, Washington was an underdog to Oregon State. Now, Oregon is favored by 13.5, two scores. So, this is the book saying Oregon is better than Washington. The only reason Oregon lost to Washington was because they played in Washington, and even then it was an insanely close game. And Oregon's the better team. And that there is, there's a reason why Washington maybe shouldn't be the fourth-ranked team in the country. Now they probably will be because of uh, what happened to to, um, uh, to to Florida State's quarterback. But this is insane. Like you can't say, "Oh, Washington beat Oregon State by two, therefore they should be number four." When Oregon will play the same team this week and they're favored by two scores, that's insane. That that makes no sense. Let me take the other side of this, and this might be the moment that the, the podcast officially dissolves here. <laughs> so if you're going to say, and I yes, Oregon is a, is, is, a, is a stronger favorite against Oregon State than Washington was and finished. I'm going by your rankings here, okay? Your rankings, not even mine. If we're doing the resumes, if I'm taking the best wins, the best win between Washington and Oregon, the best win first, number one, is Washington beating Oregon. Number two is this win that we're referencing right here against Oregon State at Oregon State. Number three is actually the win at Arizona. Number four is the win at USC. Number those are all Washington. Number five is 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 Oregon beating USC at home. Mm-hmm. And then number six is actually Washington beating whatever you want to make of them, um, Boise State. Um, if we're saying by who deserves it and resume, I have to put Washington ahead of Oregon. That no, that's true. I have to. No, a hundred percent on resume. No, like there is no argument. That's fine. But I, but again, that's not the only thing you you should be basing rankings off. Of. I get that that a lot of what the college football playoff committee does, but like on resume alone, like again, and, and to be fair, this doesn't matter because this will be very likely. Well. It will either not matter or it will be resolved in the field. Like just theoretically, if Oregon State beat or- if Oregon State beats Oregon, then none of this matters anyway. But like this, w- this will be resolved on the field, right? So it doesn't. It this doesn't matter. And yep. like again, 
Now, the rankings come out tomorrow. If they rank Washington ahead of, I mean, they will rank Washington ahead of Oregon, and if Washington's number four and Florida State's five, doesn't matter. That doesn't matter at all. But like, this is this is the point, right? It's just like this. Will, so it's just it's an annoyance. It's just like you should if you're just making the argument of like, oh well, this team deserves it because of strength of schedule. It's like, well, this team is clearly better than this team. The strength of schedule doesn't matter, right? So. Yeah, and what's interesting too is Oregon, I think, is a unique case in that they had a, I guess I'd say an unfortunate schedule draw in that mm-hmm. they missed Arizona uh, and they didn't get Arizona State from the South. And so that was, they lost a chance to get a quality win. Um, I think that that probably hurts them um, as much as anything else. Um you know, I just kind of look at the quality wins there. Just Washington just had these, they had these wins that are kind of, all right, they're in a little bit of danger, but they should have won anyways, which is the ideal kind of like, okay, just do your job and move up in the rankings. And it, it just seems like Oregon didn't have those kind of games aside from USC. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that's at home too, which is going to get you less points. And that brings me to, even though it's it's weird, especially Oregon versus Washington, you know, we don't really, this is this might happen before, but we don't see it in, in, in such up close because they're so close you know, in the standings and the rankings and everything. I've got Oregon so power rated, you know, ahead of, of, of Washington, especially like a month ago, they were like 10 or 12 spots difference. And it was completely flipped in the strength of record because of that weaker schedule that Oregon had. You know, it turns out that that Texas Tech game wasn't that great. And they just, you know, they drew kind of an unfortunate and they, they lost the one great opportunity they had. They actually outplayed them except for like I, like I went to them, but I think it was a deeper dive you know, the three, fourth downs and the subsequent possessions, that's where the game was lost there. Um, which, you know, my, my power rankings don't, don't say, okay, higher leverage. We're going to count a triple. It's just like, okay, it's another play. And it just seems that, you know, Oregon played very, very, very well in that game. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, bad scheduling luck. Mm-hmm. And, and again, to be fair, this doesn't matter. This will be resolved on the field. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, which is again, like, and, and it, I, I'm okay with, like, again, 100%, yeah, you should rank Washington. Like, if I was on the committee, I would probably, I would put Washington ahead of Oregon because, again, they do have the head-to-head win, and, and that's fine. But at the same point, this is a dumb argument. Like, it, 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, no, especially like, saying on the strength of, yeah. 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 Like, um, because yeah. Florida, especially, it's not like Florida State, yeah, they had a rough start, but it's not like, you know, it's not, like they looked like um, Michigan struggling against, you know, November, Maryland. Um, mm-hmm. It's yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I agree with that. Oh, I had one too. I had um, the buck metrics things that annoys me uh, this week is a co-host who doesn't state a format and puts his own stuff in the, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> I like this. I like yeah. this. This is good. Yeah. These, these re- like I saw these, I, these really annoyed me. I was like, this is, this is nuts. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, following up on noted for future reference, Jordan McLeod by far his worst game of the season when the spotlight was spotlight spotlight was the brightest. Unfortunately, in that overtime loss to App State, his apex was a sixty-eight for the game, dropped to still a very very nice one thirty-two for the season. Um, <laughs> Illinois quarterback John Paddock, formerly of Ball State, looked like uh, the John Paddock of Ball State against Iowa, throwing for all of. 41 yards against Iowa. Congratulations, Mr. Paddock. Well done. Um, Air Force, what, you know, I mean, the sixth turnover lost to, to Army, then you lose by 10 to Hawaii, and then they got shut out in the second half by UNLV. Okay, UNLV is a good team, but it just, I don't know. This seems to be, Air Force, I think we have to put them in that group of teams that's like, okay, they're going to do like one or two just dumb things. Um, just reliably last season, they were so good, but they just have like those two losses that were just out of nowhere inexplicable just to worst teams. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you were going to, I don't know. I mean, okay. UNLV would probably be even, I'm guessing, but you know, if you're going to make a line again for air force against army or Hawaii, they'd have to be like, you know, 10 point favorites, at least against both of them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, I, I I think there must be something like there is like a weird number of like, like there's games like this, and and we we see them year after year. For like, I, I point out Miami, Air Force, North Carolina, I add to the list. 
uh, even potentially Louisville because they, they struggled a lot against uh, UVA. I, I think we, we should probably look into this more in, in the offseason and be like, okay, this had to have been predictable. Like the, the Air Force ones, they, like the book spreads were pretty good at that. They kind of, it's like they knew something before we did. Like the book spreads for this one, but like for Miami and for North Carolina, they were a lot worse. But to be fair, those are much more public teams, so maybe they didn't care. But there's got to be something we're missing with some of these teams, and maybe we got to figure out what that is, and we can spot that in other cases. Because like it's extremely profitable betting on like twenty point dogs. We should we should do that more. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and the last follow up, you know, I mentioned that Joe Milton was a one three apex versus Missouri. Then only a thirty six versus Georgia. Um, I mean. I'm not 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 to pick on the guy. Georgia's not an easy team, obviously, to play against. Um, but Georgia's defense is not as good as the past two seasons, and you know um, that's a rough couple of games. Missouri's defense is not really awesome. Um, I'll be interesting to see if he's able to bounce back versus Vanderbilt, or if Vanderbilt's going to get a little um, to use a, a, a proper noun as a, as an adjective, get a little Jake Dicker Dickery, and. <laughs> Go okay. I'm a smart defensive coordinator. Can I just outfox this guy who's struggling a little bit? It'll that'll be interesting. I don't have that as a play or anything. It's just one of those things that I might keep my eye on. Just you know, just just as like a maybe potential story that might develop on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will say that like Georgia seems, and I, I I think it's very likely they seem on pace for an undefeated regular season. It's Georgia Tech. That being said, Georgia Tech just weird things, but I don't expect them to do something weird this week. It's like Georgia Tech is clearly not as good as they were last season, but also the entire SEC is nowhere near as good as they were last season. It's like everybody got like Georgia got worse, and everybody got even more worse. Um, and they kind of got lucky that way. And I think we look at this and like we clearly see it right. And 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 again, we call we're calling out the fact that CUSA is is absolutely handing their SEC asses to them, but other people don't necessarily understand that fact. I think to everybody, it's like, well, Georgia undefeated season, yeah, maybe not as good as last year, but it's the SEC. And I think we're sitting here being like, hey, guess guess what? The SEC's not that good this year. They're not that good. And the fact that Georgia's cleaning up with them isn't necessarily that good either. Like, okay, yeah, they, they are cleaning up, and that's they're the, clearly one of the best SEC teams, but like, if the SEC is losing games to New Mexico State, uh, there are some problems here. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like, I think this is something we see, and and maybe we kind of, maybe we were still too generous to the SEC. Maybe we thought there was more there, but like, they're like I think the entire SEC is just like Florida tier. Like they're all just bad. Like, and, and again, like Florida every week puts up like a billion points against SEC teams, and then they a billion they they score a billion points against Florida, so it makes up for it. But it's just like they're all just bad this year. They, there's none of them, like, with the exception of Georgia and. I guess Bama out of just, I guess it has to be Bama, but like, they're all just bad. Like, a, a Bama, I mean, but even then, Bama, like, miracle turn on the season. I mean, they, they lose to Texas and they bench their quarterback for basically an entire game. They play an entire game with just backup quarterbacks. I guess Nick Saban just proving to everybody that they both suck to then immediately put Jalen Miller back in and go on a miracle <laughs> run. Like, yeah. No, that, that it, was it. I'm, I'm convinced that was it. It was like, okay, everybody just shut up and watch. You're going to get what you want for like one game. Like, I don't want to hear yeah, about it ever again. Yeah, you want me to bench Jalen Miller? All right, here you go. Oh, wait, that's – oh, they suck? Oh, wow. Wouldn't it, that's crazy. Who could have said – who could have seen that coming? It's crazy that we were playing with this guy not the other two guys. Wow. You never, never question yeah. my decisions again. Like, they're just like, ah, oh, we'll, we'll let USF get close to winning. They're, they're not going to win the game. But we'll let them think they can win this game. Yeah. Just insane. Just – but yeah, no, it's it, and, and and again, I'm at like the thing is, and I'll, I'll preview. We'll talk more about in my deeper dive the CFP, and it's actually going to be a like whoever the four teams that get it is actually going to be very good. It will be a very good four team playoff, and I'm actually very excited for that. So, yeah, yeah, uh, it, It's going to be three very good games. Be better if it was twelve teams, but it's fine. Yep. All right, uh, and then just some new items. Um, boy, this was a sneaky bad beat. Memphis um, SMU under sixty six and a half. It went over by like three points, and um, Memphis had a meaningless late touchdown. And on the play before they scored their meaningless late touchdown, 
honest to God, the Memphis quarterback, and I had a small one in this. This didn't like ruin my, my week or anything. It was like about a tenth of a unit. <clears throat> um, but just amazing. Honest to God, the Memphis quarterback threw a pass that was tipped by three SMU defenders, but none of them could hold on, hold on to the ball. And the very next, very next pass, he goes for a touchdown to go go over. Um, boy, BYU lost to Oklahoma on a pick six. Um, for a while there, I was thinking about our buddy uh, Brandon, Big Twelve Mafia, because you might recall he actually made that crazy prediction, and we thought that um, I don't know. Uh, I guess we were given the, the benefit of his BYU education and saying, well, he's not drunk, but what on earth is he thinking? predicting that and my god BYU came to play um did you see any of that game or I had that like as my I, third game I was watching so I, I was kind of following the game I wasn't watching it but I was following it and it was just like Oklahoma scores <clears throat> BYU scores and I'm like well that's weird but okay that Oklahoma scores again okay BYU scores that's okay this is concerning and then Dylan Gabriel went down and then now I don't know if he's playing this week or not I it was a head injury it's probably a concussion I don't know if he's playing or not this week uh, but they just kept going back and forth, back and forth, and eventually they pulled out the seven-point win. But it's a lot closer than it should have been. That should not yeah. have been that close. I mean, okay, I don't no. know. I'm not. I don't know who Oklahoma's backup quarterback is. I hope Gabriel's okay and he's playing this week. But it should not have been that close. So yeah, they've been. I don't know. I was really high on them earlier, but man, they've just they've been hard to figure out. They've had just too many games that are too close, but their their ratings are still good. It's just. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, don't, I'll have to check their luck metrics at some point on that. Um, hey, look at this. Guess what? You started Anthony Colandrea, Virginia, and you had a 1 to 62 apex against a good de- defense in Duke, and you won. You won your third game of the season. Go figure. If only somebody had like mentioned, hey, why don't you play this kid? Um, I don't know. They put, uh, we, they we, put we, uh, yeah, they put was musket hurt. back in the gun case. <laughs> <laughs> well said. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's absolutely insane the amount of loyalty they showed to a D two call up. I don't understand. Like, I, I guess from Monmouth, it's not even like yeah. it's not even like a small school in the South where you can hide people. Who Incarnate hides a good, word, a good player like, in Monmouth? Yeah, they do. I, the, only, the only reason I know Monmouth is because they do polling. They do like political polling. That's the only reason I even know that university exists. So yeah, um, but no, like. Yeah, I mean, he's going to clearly be either their starting quarterback next year or a starting quarterback in, I guess, the SEC, probably. That seems how this yeah, works. sure. So, Why not? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, like, here's the thing. We're going to bookmark this kid. We're going to follow him and maybe even to the NFL one day. So we'll see. But, yeah, I'm excited to see where, where this kid goes next year. So Yeah. Yep. Um, this is interesting. So DJU had a 153 apex before the Washington game. He had just an apex of nine in the Washington game. Now, I knew it rained. I know it rained. Um, Washington was the best pass defense, I think, that he faced. Uh, let me just kind of confirm that. I, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Where is you? Um, yeah, the other one was UCLA. He actually had a, a good a good effort against UCLA, surprisingly good, although Oregon State just, like, dominated that in all aspects. Um, this is interesting. I'm going to kind of – get another data point <clears throat> when um, uh, Oregon faces Oregon state. I want to see how DJU does there. And just, I'm kind of curious about how, you know, is Washington legitimately good on pass defense or is this just a bad DJU game? Um, you know, so I guess the worst that DJU plays is more informative about how little we should give credence to that one-off game against, um, or that single game against um, Washington and Washington's defense. And I bring this up because if I'm looking forward to the the, the Pac-12 championship, um, Bo Nix has faced one good pass defense um, all season, and it was Washington, 75. Um, his apex in that game was 121, which is good maybe very good, but the rest of his games, he's averaged a 182. So it's interesting. That kind of falls into, you know, why did Oregon, why was that their worst game of the season? I think Bo Nix versus that Washington pass defense might've been some of that. And so it's, it's, you know, that's kind of one of those things I'm going to look at this week again, is just how does DJU look against Oregon? Can we impute or infer anything about that against about the Washington defense? And does that mean anything for the Oregon? You've got this little kind of triangle of games here that we can 
maybe kind of, you know, come up with some kind of information on that. It's going to be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oops. Black Friday. Right. Yeah, I turned um, that off too, but that's not. Yeah. That's just that. I told you, I, it, it gives me yeah. ads. That's the stuff that's popping up in Japanese when I was in Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what it was telling me there? Oh, it's no, we're gonna, no, it's all good. No, it's <sighs> McAfee. Awesome. Uh, it, it's fu- it's funny how like all antivirus things have functioned just become malware now. It's great. So yeah, uh, no, it's, they it's give great. us. They have random pop-ups that try to scare us into buying things. It's great. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. It's weird. DJs had some had some bad games here and there, but also had some good games too. But those are usually come against worse opponents. But he's still better than Clemson DJU, so we'll we'll take that. Oh yeah, uh, by far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then lastly, Northwestern is going bowling. Going bowling. Congratulations to them. I did not see that in the, in the stars at all. No. For them this season, so congratulations they, to them. And they named that guy the the permanent head coach too. Oh, I would too. Right? I'd be like, yeah, it's no brainer. Yeah. Like. It is absolutely insane. Like, I did not see this coming at all. Like, if you had said to me back in August, by the way, no one's going to make a bowl. I'm like, no, you're, that's a, you're joking. Like, where are six wins on their schedule? But they have, I think they're almost at, they're, they're over six now, right? They're, they're, yeah, I don't where know were three wins on the schedule? Yeah. The, the, going yeah. into the season, was like, no, they're going to win maybe two. Maybe two. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, yeah, you're going to beat Wisconsin. I'm like, what? <laughs> but no, it's yeah. absolutely insane, the, the turnaround for this Northwestern team. And yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, name that guy, head coach, 100%. Yeah, that sounds like a great plan. You're Northwestern. Yeah, so he's fine. Maybe he's, doing, the, maybe, he's massively up with expectations. Maybe right? the problem so, along was, was Pat Fitzgerald. I don't know. Um, yeah, on the offensive side was, of the ball, at least. He was secretly running the team the entire time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So, okay. Well, that is it for part one. Thank you, everybody, and we will catch you in part two shortly. Yeah, we're going to do part two. I'm excited for part two. we got some good stuff coming up in part two. So see everybody there. Yep.